your shank because they made it so small it had to fit inside here. It had to be 166, mm-hmm. okay, which means they had to go to a smaller thread, okay? So then you had that same weak point pivot point, okay? And you also had it inside the arrow. So the call, the broadhead or the arrow itself is not meant to take lateral pressure. Okay. So now let's apply this with a glue in. So now you're taking glue in and you're sliding it that far into your arrow. Okay. So where's your pivot point? Is it here or is it here? Well, if it's oh, here, yeah. now you have this much structure of arrow in front of it. What's going on, guys? Hope you are having a great Saturday already. Uh, and if you're tuning into this podcast after Saturday, hopefully you're having a fantastic day. I'm really excited to bring Dale to you guys, Dale Perry. He is the owner of Evolution Outdoors. They've come up with an awesome release called the Ibex. They have some other things in the works down the line, so keep an eye out for that. And also, it's the glue-in system that I'm going to run on my VAP TKOs this year for my heavier setup, the about 480 grain setup uh, with the 4 millimeters arrow. And on the screw-in broadheads, I'm going to be running the mechanical and the fixed in my quiver as well at 125 grains. Guys, definitely want to go check it out. I'll leave the link down below for that. If you are one of those awesome people that continues to watch the videos, I really appreciate you but most of you are not subscribed and I'm giving a bow away at 10,000 subscribers, a fully set up bow with all the accessories from all the companies and partners that I work with. I'm going to be sharing with you fully set up and sent your way. And if you're local, you'll even come into wild arrow and get everything set up as well over there. So subscribe and thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Last but not least, this episode is brought to you by black Ovis, I'm going to leave the link down below. It helps support me, but also gets you a 10% discount on anything over there at Black Ovis. And sometimes that discount even stacks on blowout things that they have, whether it be 60% off certain apparel, 30% off here and there. Go check it out. Black Ovis is an amazing place to find all the equipment that you're going to want from clothing to backpacks to boots to glass, everything in between. Go check it out, guys. Have a fantastic Saturday. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. I've got an outstanding guest for you guys today. We've got Dale, and I was joking around about his title here. We're going to call him Dr. Death because he does uh, Evolution Outdoors. He's got the Jekyll and Hyde broadheads that we'll get into. So, I mean, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, Dr. Death, it just goes all together there. But uh, (laughs) we might be having a new title for him coming up. But no, in all reality, Dale is just an outstanding individual. He loves the outdoors, loves hunting. He's looked at broadheads, has been in the broadhead game for a while, and he's come out with some amazing items that I recommend. I used them this last year. Uh, In 2023, the two animals that I was able to get down, I used the mechanical broadhead that we'll go over and uh, why I recommend it so much. But Dale, for people that don't know who you are, who are you? Um, Dale Perry, I... uh... I'm the original designer of the Gravedigger Broadhead, um, and I designed that. I started that, launched that company in 2012, ended up selling that company in 2015 to Plano Synergy. And um, in that, there were some things that I wanted to do um, to make that product better. So now I own Evolution Outdoors because... And now that name came up with it is it is an evolving thing. It's an ever evolving. You're always trying to make yourself better. Um, and so I came out with the Jekyll and Hyde and and how that how that came about was I was going to make just a straight um hybrid um head like you used and uh, um ended up saying why couldn't we make this mechanical and fixed because that's what gives you the same same impact points um, is the feral design. So, and that's that's where it came. Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, it's one person, one feral, and it's uh, two different personalities. So, 
So that's it. But I've been doing this. I've been designing products uh, even in the golf game way back when. Um, but I've been designing products. I started in 2010 and launched in 2012. And um, here we are today. Yeah, no, for sure. So you're, you're telling me, and this is just kind of sarcasm here, but you said you started developing products in 2010, launched in 2012. So that took you two years. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, what are we now? 2024. So 14 Correct. years later, it's taken you 14 years to come out with this outstanding broadhead, the glue in system that we're going to talk about. So I just want to point that out to people because there's so many people that are used to this overnight. They think there's this overnight success, this, you know, you're going to think of an idea and it's just going to happen. You know, that's not how it works. 14 years, guys, that's a long time to be working on and perfecting a product that you now obviously believe in. Lots of people have talked about it. I've used it. I'm a believer in it. And this is going to be the broadhead that I use in 2024. Uh, but just, I just want to highlight that, the fact that that gets skipped over sometimes. So 14 years of work, research, use, field testing, all of this stuff for you to come out with this uh, this product that we have now uh, with the glue-in system. So that that's a big accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah, the, the glue-in system has been a work in progress for quite some time. Um, when uh, Way back when, and I'll say 2015, we looked at, right before we sold the company, we looked at a glue-in system because I'm a big proponent of the 166 for four millimeter arrows. And you've seen over the years, everybody trying to come out with a new outsert system that works. Um, you know, ethics has one, victory has one, black Eagle has one. Um, I personally had one when I sold the company. Um, and so, uh, it, it's a, it's a tough element and the glue in system is really the only way to do it to where it's super strong. Um, and, um, that, I think that's what the downfall of deep six was. You know, deep six was, you know, you have, you took the smallest part of your broadhead, the shank and made it smaller. You made it a 632 thread and, and arrows aren't designed to take lateral pressure. They're designed to take impact pressure. And, and so, um, you know, in developing that and testing it and testing how the collars work and how they run in conjunction with the, with the glue in system, uh, it's, it's really mind boggling how strong they are you've shot like concrete walls and stuff. I mean, talk about some of your testing that you do with your yeah, stuff. <laughs> so, so some of the testing, when we first started this out, we, we decided, okay, you know, um, concrete walls, nobody hunts a concrete wall moving on. Right. Um, I did water buffalo is pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> uh, but, um, I, I've, I always believe that a broadhead should be able to survive that. Okay. It doesn't have to be, okay. I can shoot it again but it has to survive. It can't blow up. And, um, and there's a lot of broadheads on the market that blow up when you shoot them into a block wall. And, um, so you want your, your broadhead to survive, you know, hitting in the shoulder or whatever. Cause if it gets through, um, a lot of guys shoot or shooting 80 pounds, the bows, you shoot 80 pounds of the, the bows today are, are efficient enough to get through a shoulder um, as long as a broadhead holds up. And so when I decided to test the glue ends, um, I took an arrow, um, basically this is the victory zap TKO, but I took an arrow and I took a broadhead and I just put it in like this, no collar, no nothing. And when I shot it into a block wall, it blew up about two inches of this arrow, it just mushroomed out. And it stuck in the block wall about that far. And so what I noticed is you lost all your kinetic energy mm. going forward because the arrow disintegrated. So then I used, I was shooting um, uh, gold tips. So uh, I used their knot collar that's in the back, if everybody's familiar with it. It's a super thin piece of metal. Mm. Put it on the front, shot it again. Use the same broadhead, shot it again. Um, this time it blew up about an inch of the arrow, but it actually penetrated the wall about that far. So a little bit further because it carried the energy further. 
So then I took an actual collar, um, a lot like this one. I took it from a different system, cut it down. It was about that big, glued that in, and the arrow literally blew through the block wall. It just went right through it. Took it out, worked fine, spun fine. Everything was good. So this collar, its job has nothing to do with concentricity because the, the broadhead itself is what does that. But it kept the arrow from expanding, which allowed all the energy to transfer forward, better penetration. So um, that's when we decided you have to have a collar. I mean, you really do it. And that's the key part of it because it, it keeps your arrow from expanding. And and we just, you know, they're not big. These are aluminum. They're 10 grains. And then we have a, a steel one somewhere. A steel one, and it's just 30 grains. They're not, it doesn't help strength-wise because this one won't ever break. But it just gives gives you a different weight option. So, yeah, and um, I ended up shooting the same broadhead, heat-treated, um, 416 stainless, uh, six different times into the into the wall, and, and you can still shoot that broadhead. Wow. So, so, yeah, that's how, that's how it all came, and, and, um, there is obviously a downside to them. The downside is cost. Mm. Um, they're twice as much to make because there's twice as much material, mm-hmm. way more than twice as much machining. Um, uh, they have to be perfect. Um, so, so that's one of the biggest things is cost and, and people, people, it's hard to take, you know, a, a dozen broadheads and a dozen, you know, arrows at $200 a dozen and, and dedicate them to hunting. Um, but more and more people are realizing that, you know, that's your instrument, that that's what you're going to kill an animal with. And it's, it's worth the investment. Exactly. So hundred percent. Yeah. And just to, to that note, like, I, I know you're, you've put a lot of work and effort and, and for those people out there thinking, you know, again, a brick wall really, or a concrete wall, like, why would you do that? Well, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're overbuilding the product basically for preparing it for any, uh, any scenario you could possibly encounter. I mean, you're not going to shoot into a concrete wall, but you might hit the scapula, which that's a whole nother discussion that, uh, I feel like people should aim (laughs) back a little bit far, farther from from the shoulder, stay away from the shoulder. You don't want bone fragments in your meat anyway. There's plenty of vitals behind the shoulder, but anyway, that's another discussion. In case you are one of those people that hugs the shoulder, you want to have that ability to be able to get through. So just two of my scenarios real quick. This is one of the arrows. Um, my whitetail arrow is hanging up back there on my bull. But uh, you you make, so these, we're going to talk about, we were just talking about the glue-in system, but I'm going to jump to the other product first, and then we'll go back to the glue-in system because this is how I got introduced um, to your broadheads. And I feel like a lot of people shoot five millimeters or screw in style broadhead hundred um, percent. Yeah. A, a little bit more than glue ins because glue in is definitely more of that higher end. Uh, if you're looking for more durability, uh, less tinkering, you're not able to just like screw around with broadheads. It's mm-hmm. you put it in and that's your broadhead. Um, but yeah, with it's, this right it's here, something for a setup that you know, you're going to go with hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get to that in just a second, but for people that are out there wondering about, so this is the, so this is a titanium insert, half cert, whatever, from uh, MFJJ, Podium Archer. But this right here is the 125. Is 125? Yep. Yeah, this is the 125 with a two-inch cut, right? Yep. Two-inch. Yes, that's the so, hide. Yeah, so this is the hide. So mm-hmm. I always remember it like this. Dr. Jekyll, he's a little bit more clean cut. He's more standard. <laughs> that's the fixed head, right? And I'll, right. I'll show you that one. And then the mist, then the Mister Hyde <laughs> is the crazy one that just destroys everything. And so this right here. So there's different weights. I went with the 125 because that's what I had, you know, sided in for and everything. And then uh, I folded this back up. But this went. I was telling Dale this. If I can zoom out here, it was about to here, buried in the dirt behind the bull. So it went clean pass through you can see right here on the fletchings clean pass through and it was buried into the dirt about that far behind the bull so it works mechanicals work i didn't hug the shoulder and it was a 70 yard shot so 
and then you can see the broadhead here. There's no dings. I mean, it's yeah, which which is quality. impressive because you know um, <laughs> one of the things one of the things with our heads, um, and I will 100% be honest with everybody, the way you're showing that. So the, when those blades come down, all the pressure is on that shelf. So it wants to take that blade. Open them. One right here. I lied. There's a little bit of a ding right there on that okay. edge. So but. it 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 wants to take the blade. Yeah, it does. It wants to take the blade and all the pressures right here. Worth, which is if you were shooting, and we'll, we're going to reverse this a little bit. So let's pretend that this is the sharp edge and that's forward. If you're shooting a broadhead that rear deploys, it, it, there's no pressure right here. Mm -hmm. So if you were shooting this broadhead in this direction and it rear deployed, and, and this was the sharp edge, there's no pressure there because it can just fold up or hit the little tabs and comes back open. But when the blades come down and they land on this shelf, that's, that's where you're cutting bone, you're cutting all that stuff. All the pressure is right here. So we can't make these blades super hard like a hard knife would be to where they retain an edge super good because they become brittle. The harder they are, the more brittle they are. We want these blades to bend, flex. If it hits something hard and it has to bend, then let it bend. But it's still doing its job as it goes through the animal. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we recommend, you know, shoot an animal and, and replace the blades. Um, or like you do or like I do, I just kind of retire the arrow. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, if you, you make a great shot in golf, you can retire your golf ball. Um, yeah. So, uh, but... You know, those those are the things that, you know, the the ferrules shouldn't shouldn't bend. Um, they're all hardened. Um, our one hundred grain ferrules are seventy seventy five aircraft aluminum because we can't make a hundred grain broadhead out of steel. They're just not enough material. It becomes too heavy. So, and that that's the other thing too for me. So I know again, this is just me overthinking it, but um, I went. You know, I, I've always shot the 125s because I like a little bit more weight up front. Um, there's not as many options as 100 grain, but I'm okay with that for the options that I like anyway. But I also like the fact that this is steel rather mm -hmm. than aluminum for the ferrule. I don't like aluminum ferrules on, on my broadheads. Um, that's just personal preference. Some people are okay with that. Yours do amazing from what I've seen. People that I know and I trust their opinions use them and love them. But the 125 and up are steel. Um, and that's personally what I recommend anyway, just to get a little bit more weight up front on your arrow um, and a little bit more durability. Aluminum's great. It's obviously you wouldn't use it if it wasn't sturdy, but yeah, uh, steel's going to yeah. hold up it's a little bit more. It's super strong. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's designed, there's plenty of ferrule there. It's strong enough to handle impacts. Um, I, again, I shoot those into, into block walls too. Just they have to survive and, and, and do those things, but it's, it's a, it's a torture test. I mean, that's all yeah. it is. Um, I, again, I'm not going to shoot something, expect it, expect it to survive to where I can go right. shoot it again, but I do expect it to, to not blow up. And, yeah. um, and, and that's one of the problems. And then with the screw in as well, you've got, uh, for people that are white tail hunters and want a bigger cut, is it two and three eighths? Two and three eighths. Yeah. We call it the white tail fury. It's, uh, it's actually one inch closed. Um, and so, and again, our broadheads are different. I had a, I had a rep um, <laughs> tell me the other day, a friend of mine says, your, your broadheads defy logic. Mm. Um, and, and one of the reasons is, is in looking at this. So people say, okay, why would I shoot your broadhead? Why would I shoot your broadhead over somebody else's broadhead? Um, or why would I shoot a mechanical over fixed? That's the biggest debate in the world is mechanical fixed. Okay. Well, first thing is that's like saying, you know, a Ford F-150 or a Dodge Ram and a Ford Raptor. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're both trucks, but the Ford Raptor is just a different league. You know, now Dodge has their, I don't even know what it's called, but their, yeah, their right. truck that can, yeah, that competes with that. But you can't just say mechanical and fixed because there are so many different really good fixed blades and so many not good fixed blades. Same with mechanicals. But the one advantage that we have is there's no dull edges on this broadhead. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so when you shoot it, it's a fixed bladed broadhead. Okay, so there's everybody that says, what if it fails? Okay, what if it fails? If this broadhead fails, you're shooting a fixed broadhead. Mm-hmm. End of discussion. And so um, we don't have failures. I'm sure, I mean, anything mechanical will fail at some point. But if you're if you're taking a broadhead and you're saying, okay, it's all about your good shots, well, that's what you're shooting. You're shooting a fixed blade of broadhead. Broadheads are not about your good shots. Broadheads are about your bad shots. Any broadhead kills if you shoot it through the lungs and the heart. And if somebody tells you, I shot it through the heart and it didn't die because a broadhead failed, they're lying. You can shoot a field point through the heart. Yes, you can. So shouldn't we shouldn't? I'm not recommending that. (laughs) No, don't don't think I'm saying that. Don't do that. There's a story that I know that 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 had happened before. Um, Well, I killed a squirrel this year with that because we were at camp and they were just (laughs) he was messing with our garbage. So I was like, and I was shooting. I was just sighting in my bow. I was like, hey kids, watch this, and I just pop. (laughs) It was it was kicked to the ground. It was gone. (laughs) I'll make this long story short. Um, A good friend of mine's a, a big time outfitter. Um, and they had a client sitting in a blind bull came in 400 plus bull, um, shot at him, missed him 22 yards client. You know, the client was sick. The outfitter was sick. It was like, Oh man, that's too bad. So he's like, well, I got another spot. And he's like, no, I'm going to sit here. I want to shoot this bull. And he's like, I don't think that bull's coming back. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like, okay, but I'm going to sit here anyway. Because I missed him. This is where I'm going to sit. Next day, next evening, the bull came back. He missed him again at 27 yards. So, and and it was like, you got to be kidding me. And he's he's like, I missed. I shot right over him and, you know, I missed. And he's like, okay, well, we're going to put you in a different spot. And he's like, nope, I'm going to sit here. This is, this is my punishment. I am going to sit here. And if this bull doesn't come back, that's fine. I'm going to sit here. So he did. Next day, bull comes back. He shoots it. Guy comes in, the outfitter comes in and he's like, I made the shot. He was at 25 yards, came in the same spot. I center punched him, got him. He's like, you know, high five doing the whole thing. It's like, when did you shoot him? He's like an hour ago. It's like, okay. He goes, let me, let me go look for the arrow and, and we'll do. And when he went and looked for the arrow, he found the arrow and the guy had shot him with a field point. Walked over the hill. Walked over the hill. Bull was dead. 150 yards. He center punched him. He shot him right through the heart. And so, you know, he was just excited. He was just, you know, I couldn't, you know, and just didn't. Why he had a field point in his in his quiver, you know. Um, And and again, that's you know, I don't know the person. I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, what happened, but. But yeah, it's a story and stuff like that happens. Um, He's lucky. But yeah, he got lucky. I mean, he 100% got lucky. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And just, just crazy stuff. But um, yeah. don't do that, guys. <laughs> don't do that. No, no. Don't, First don't, off, don't ever carry a field Come point on. in the field with you. Yeah, exactly. You exactly. should not do that. Mm-mm. That is, that is mm-hmm. bad. So yeah, there's been multiple times. I wish I had one for a squirrel that was chirping oh, yeah. or something tree, like that. Chirping in like, a tree or whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Th- this arrow's not worth you. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's always that. Oh yeah, so. but the uh, so so going going back to your so the mechanical, you were highlighting a couple things, but I want to say because for me, I was all on the fixed wagon for a while. Mm-hmm. I've run through a couple different fixed heads. I'm all about it. I get it. There's definitely a, a place for them. And I was hearing all these horror stories about mechanicals. Then I realized I'm like, yeah, but those people aren't me. And I know my abilities and I know where to aim with a mechanical. I'm not going to aim at the knuckle of right. the humorous, you know, like that's not right. the smart thing to do. And so I've reverted now to where I keep two, cause I've got a, a tight spot on the majority of my bows so it's five arrows i've got three mm-hmm. mechanicals and two fixed and the two fixed are for frontal shots if it presents itself and i've set certain boundaries on myself for that but like a frontal shot or or and i won't shoot a hard quartering two to be honest with you mm-hmm. um 
that just that's just one all of my, shoulder in front. Yeah, right. it's it's one of the worst shots in my opinion that you could take anatomically. Right. A frontal, I'll take that over a over a oh, quarter, yeah. hard quartering two all day. Yeah. Um, but then the mechanicals. So like what you were saying, and this is you know people talk about if they fail. Well, this isn't like a little field point on the front or a little chisel tip. This is, I mean, just a you know it looks like a mini iron wheel for people that aren't watching this. It look it's it's a one inch cut. Yeah, it's it's three quarters by three quarters closed. Yep. So I mean, literally, you're shooting a four bladed, almost slick trick style broadhead. Um, and in a mechanical broadhead, I mean, there's three places that people shoot shoot stuff, um, and they shoot them in the shoulder, um, they shoot them in the guts, and they shoot them through the lungs. You know, yeah, there's other places that you can hit, but let, let's just call those the three majority places. You know, a a mechanical broadhead, unless you're shooting the right poundage or anything like that, nothing is going to get through the shoulder, so nothing's going to help you. And you'll get arguments from guys that say if you shoot, you know, a single bevel, this, that, whatever, through the shoulder, I've seen elk get shot in the shoulder with heavy pounded single bevel broadheads, and they just stop them. You know, and and I'm not talking about smaller deer or coos deer, white tail deer or anything like that. Um, but if you gut shoot an animal with a single bevel broadhead, they don't do enough damage. They penetrate, but they don't do enough damage. Um, that's what started me in designing broadheads. Is is I settled on slick trick when I when I was hunting. I got out of archery. I started as a young age. I got out of it and got back into it. And I physically watched a guy shoot a deer 40 yards with a slick trick, great broadhead, super sharp, four bladed. I physically watched that deer run over a mile because it didn't do any damage. It didn't know it was hurt. And so one of the best emails we ever get is somebody telling us, I made a bad shot and your broadhead saved me. And, and that's, that's what it does. I mean, you have tournament archers. Okay. Best shots in the world, right? You get and name any of them, and you'll hear them say you need to practice and you need to shoot more and you got to be a better shot and all this. Yet every single one of them shoot fat shots in Vegas. Why? Because it helps. It opens up their margin for error. If they really believed in becoming a better archer, every one of them would shoot X tens in Vegas. Because you shoot a little bitty shaft. But a big shaft helps you grab lines. That's why they're called line cutters. A broadhead does the same thing. So if you shoot a little bitty broadhead, your margin for error is really small. Yep. You know. But exactly. again, you want to shoot something that does that does what you want it to do. You know? Exactly. And and I believe we've achieved that. You know? Yeah, and that's why so like for me, uh with with the elk you know i and this is something i recommend people do before you get in the field not when you're excited about the shot not when you're seeing that big old bull or even the <laughs> the one that for me that's a good bull uh, i was stoked about Any it bull and, the and, right bull. i mean it was my first bull i was super stoked about it and um he was bedded and slightly quartering too uh but not too bad it was pretty much broadside and and uh, I had set certain yardage that I was okay with, those 70 yards. Um, and know your own stuff. It doesn't matter how mm -hmm. far you shoot the animal, but know it before you go into the field. Set those standards. And I had set the standard of when do I pull a mechanical and when do I pull a fix. And in this, in this moment, he was bedded. So I was like, okay, you know, just thinking of the anatomy of it. I'm like, it's all scrunched together. His rib cage is scrunched together. His shoulder blades are tucked up i mean it's almost like an armor plate yeah if i was to aim try to aim for a double lung or a heart shot at that point it was almost impossible so i purposefully aimed for the back rib with him quartering to me obviously it was going to exit liver and maybe nick some guts i knew that was my shot and that's the shot i felt more comfortable with rather than hugging the shoulder when he was all scrunched up and basically a, a tank at the front right and so that's you know i whipped out the mechanical and if you if people have listened to the story great if not here you go spoiler alert the elk went 30 yards 
and it's right behind him. Back down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spoiler alert. Yeah, he 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 ran thirty yards and laid back down. Didn't know what hit him. Had no idea I was there. And his little spike buddy hung out for like forty five minutes. Didn't know what the heck just happened. And then he but he laid back off. down because he was yeah. injured. That's exactly. why. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He did damage, and he was like, "Oh, this doesn't feel good." Exactly. Yep. So that was the thing is that, you know, I was okay with taking that a little bit further back shot because I knew I was going to get a two inch destructo hole through right. him. And, um, and it did, it really did. When we opened him up, like it was just, I mean, it was carnage. And so, <laughs> you know, we had that. And then the white tail, she was hard quartered away, which I like quartering away shots. You've got a lot yeah. more access to the good stuff that is going to um, help the animal die quicker. And so, you know, I, I took that shot and it, it slid in because I was, I try and aim for the exit whenever I'm looking at an animal. I'm trying to remember that. And so I was aiming for the opposite shoulder. Right. And it ended up sliding in just like the front end of one of the tenderloins, basically. And it rode the ribs and the spine all the way through her uh, pump house and then poked out the opposite side. And um, because the way she, she, was quartered or whatever the arrow didn't go all the way through but the broadhead was out the other end oh okay and that was with a yeah. yeah two two and three eighths inch cut um i don't know how i missed all the guts because <laughs> when when i mean she ran like 15 yards tried to go uphill and toppled over and so we walk up to her one of my buddies was there he was getting ready to go into the stand and he's like he looks at it he's like that's gonna be fun to clean <laughs> <laughs> yeah they do create a mess they, yeah, they, well, it looked, it looked bad from the shot, like from where the fletchings were poking out. But when we opened her up, it had not touched any of the guts. Oh, I don't well, know how that's that pretty sweet. That's, but, um, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. And I mean, both lungs had a big old two and three eighths inch slash through it. Like it was it was awesome what it did. And on that one, I think because it went through, it cut three ribs horizontally. And so I guess perpendicular to the ribs, it cut three ribs. So the blades were bent, mm-hmm. like you were saying, but they weren't broken, which I thought right. was pretty cool. Um, and that's probably what ended up slowing down the, you know, the full pass through. Uh, yeah, the- when you get in and start cutting ribs down, the, especially <laughs> down the rib cage, it, it definitely takes its toll on kinetic energy. That's for sure. Right. But even at, I mean, it was 40 plus yards, had gone all the way through the body cavity and still went through three ribs perpendicular, not sliding in between them, but like cut them at a 90 degree angle, three ribs, um, that that's impressive. And so with my own use of it, I mean, those will be the mechanicals that I use going forward. Uh, it's something that I recommend to people. Cause like you said, even if it does fail, even if for some reason the blades don't open or whatever, you still have that much cut going through an animal that one way. And then that the other way, even if they don't open. Right. I mean, and, and they are, I mean, and that's the thing. And then, and if you don't, you know, if, if you're shooting based on failure, you're going in the wrong, the wrong idea anyway. I mean, you really are. You really have to shoot better. (laughs) Shoot better. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, stuff happens. I mean, that's the biggest thing about, about hunting. I mean, right. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about, you know, do you think, you know, he, he works in an archery shop and he had a guy come in. He's like, Hey, I made this shot and I made a perfect shot. And the, and the arrow didn't, you know, arrow didn't penetrate well. And this, that, and another, it's like, okay, how far was the shot? 80 yards. Okay. First thing is 80 yards. That's cool. I have no problem with that in any way, shape or form. But you cannot tell me you know you made a perfect shot at 80 yards because it's just too far away to tell. Mm-hmm. And which brought up this conversation of a of a friend of mine that he he hunts Texas and he hunts Mexico and he hunts Africa and he hunts all over the world. And he kills 200 plus animals a year. And about five, five or six years ago, uh, and he films a lot of his hunts. He decided that he was going to document where he thought he shot the animal mm. comparative to where he actually hit the animal. So as soon as he made a shot, yeah, the animal ran off. He documented, I think I made this shot and the animal was standing this direction. 
he was wrong 75% of the time. And it's just stuff happens. I mean, I shot a, I shot a buck in Texas. He was quartering to me. Um, and so he, he had his front left shoulder towards me, 32 yards, had his head down. I shot, I hit him here in the back on the other side because he spun, took off and I hit him in, in the spine on the other side. So it's, it's really crazy that how fast an animal can move and what happens, you know, um, I shot my bull this year, uh, 50 yards, 55 yards, actually, I guessed him at 50 and I shot him at 55, um, cut a rib going out the other side, didn't hit a rib going in. And we never did find the arrow. I mean, we had three people look the next day, um, in the daylight for 45 minutes and couldn't find the arrow. So, um, and I, I heart shot him. I don't, I'm not a heart shot guy. I don't, that's not what I shoot for. I shoot for center lungs, uh, center mass. I think it's the smartest shot. Uh, they can't, they can't breathe. They can't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm a lungs guy, not a heart shot guy, but, uh, got lucky and only misjudged him by five yards. Uh, so. Which, and, um, and that goes into like, I joke and say, shoot better. Um, I'm, I'm not any Levi Morgan or anything like that, guys. Don't, you know, I'm not being cocky. <laughs> I'm, I'm being sarcastic in a way to a certain degree. Like, yes, go out and practice. I recommend practicing, practice at distance, shoot your broadheads before you get in the field. So you know how they're hitting. Mm -hmm. And like with that guy that shot at 80, like there's so much that can happen at 80 yards, unless you're shooting in an open field. Um, you know, there's so much that could happen and you could have possibly not got pinned because even this arrow with this, and we'll get into this broadhead, which is the, the fixed one, the Dr. Jekyll, or I guess just Jekyll, but we'll call it Dr. <laughs> Jekyll. Um, th this one, even with those four blades, if you, if your arrows coming in, say the animals here and your arrow comes in here and like bounces that way, because it's, you know, whatever it's hit something, it's nicked something, it's coming in like a torpedo to the tree whatever. branch or whatever it, the situation yeah, it, may be it's not going to penetrate so at that point it's it's tuning and not the broadhead right correct um if, if you're hitting a an animal sideways your broadhead's not going to penetrate it's right. just going to give them a little yeah. scratch so so that's the other thing too that <laughs> you, you got to think about and why you know this mechanical is such for for my in in my opinion and in, in my usage of it it's the the best option to alleviate and give you some I guess forgiveness on both ends where if the mechanical fails, there's still basically a one inch cut <clears throat> three quarters each way right. of, of the mechanical. And that's, that's a lot of cutting edge if it does fail. And if it doesn't fail, you're getting the two inch cut of a mechanical right. blade. Right. And, and so that cannot be, you know, instead of getting that full draw and be like, Oh man, I'm really worried. I'm using this mechanical, like all the things that are going through your head when you're at full draw, you don't want to be worried about your equipment and what you're doing. No, you want to be able to pick a spot on the animal and let that arrow go and go through your shot process. I've told people that for years. The last yeah. thing you want to be thinking about at full draw is what you're shooting. Exactly. You know, it exactly. really does. And, and, and that's one of the things, I mean, penetration wise, we, we do out penetrate, I believe other, every other mechanical on the market. And one of the reasons is, is because our broadheads deploy on entry, not impact. Mm -hmm. So what that means is, and and we'll go back to it. These these points cut. So when they hit they hit the hide, um, they're cutting. And the, what happens is the animal's hide slides between these, and that's what drives them open. That's why they're curved. That's, they want to follow the skin back or follow the meat back, just like a curved blade that you cut meat with in your house. Yeah. Um, so you don't lose the penetration. There's, you know, other broadheads on the market that have little wings that stick out and that when it hits those, that deploys a blade. Well, when it hits those and has to do something, that's what creates drag. Um, slide back, flip over. It doesn't matter. And you know, I can name them all. But um, when they hit and they have a blunt edge, that's what, um, that what, that's what creates the drag on the arrow. Yeah. Uh, the second part of that is when you have a blunt edge and, and we, I found this out kind of a different way, way back when I was making the gravedigger broadheads. Um, people ask, why do your broadheads fly so good? Well, one of the reasons is they don't have a blunt edge on them. 
So they cut the wind. We were going to make practice blades way back when. So we just took practice broadheads, you know, or took the blades and had them sent over that weren't sharp. Well, we could, they wouldn't fly. Well, the reason they wouldn't fly is because that blunt edge doesn't cut the wind. Mm. And so when you have a blunt edge on a broadhead, you know, instead of it being sharp, you know, razor sharp or whatever you want to call it, you have a 30,000th thick broadhead, mm. you know, or blade that's trying to cut the wind. And that hinders accuracy. It just does. And so that's why, you know, at the TAC events, we had people come off. We had an 80-yard target set up, and guys would come off, and they say, well, how do they fly? It's like, go, go shoot them. And they're like, well, really? And it's like, yeah, go shoot the fixed blade. Go shoot the Jekyll. And they wouldn't believe it until they shot it. And then they started shooting it, and they're like, okay, now I get this. Yep. So uh, they really do. and and. And um, one of the things that that Nick Fisher, owner of AAE, um, and I laugh about a lot is people say, well, do you have to broadhead tune them? Okay. If you have to broadhead tune, and this is a spoiler, <laughs> if you have to broadhead tune, your bow's setup is not correct. Mm. You should be able to screw a quality broadhead on and shoot it. It should not be. And whether the broadhead's not good, your bow's not set up, your arrow spine's not correct, you know, your bow's not in tune, something's wrong. Because with our broadhead, if your bow's tuned and your arrow setup is correct, you screwed it on, you can shoot it. It will hit where your field points hit. Oh, for sure. You know, you get to a certain distance, you're gonna they're gonna start hitting lower because there's a more drag. Yeah, yeah. But um but yeah, that's uh, and that usually doesn't happen until past eighty yards. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so with, with that, let's uh, segue here into your fix. So we're still not okay. quite talking about the glue in, even though this is the glue in system, but here is the fixed head. So this is the, uh, the Jekyll. And right. So it's got that, that same cutting head on the front there. And then it's got the swept back blades, which I really like that design of the swept, swept back blade, because like what you were saying, it allows it to, to slide through just like your, you know, your, your knives, your culinary knives and knives that you're using have, it's not a straight blade that you're using unless you're cutting Correct. open boxes. Yeah. Um, almost. Yeah. Unless you're going to open boxes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and one of the reasons that we, we sharpened the front blade all the way around and we sharpened that, that blade, the Jekyll blade all the way around is because if you don't get a complete pass through, you want that broadhead working for you as it's in there. If it's working its way back out, um, mm -hmm. people that shoot lower poundages, people that aren't going to get pass-throughs, mm -hmm. trad people, um, you know, Brandon Lilly shoots that, uh, Schneider shoots that, um, you know, those guys, because if they don't get a pass-through, that arrow is still working. It's still doing right. its job coming back out. I wouldn't want um, that thing in me if you're running. No, you know, no. I've like told, I've told people. <laughs> yeah. I've told people if you, if you shoot them with a Jekyll and it stays in there, it's dead because mm -hmm. it's going to cut them up. Yeah, exactly. No. no, that's pretty cool. And I, I like it. So this is something that, um, you know, I, this is the one that I've got in my, in my quiver as my fixed head. And what's cool about this system guys is that you can take these out and replace them with the mechanical blades as well. Correct. And this is going more into the, the glue in system as well, because once you've glued it in, you don't want to necessarily have to, you know, pull it out. Correct. You can, but right. you don't want to have to. And that's the thing. And, and that's why the impact point, and I'll grab both heads so you can see them. The impact points are the same because aerodynamically they're the same. And, and yeah. that's one of the things when it has a lot to do with the feral design of how your broadhead flies. And so if you take an iron wheel that has an X side ferrule and X blades, and then you take and a rage mechanical and you put the two together their ferrules are completely different their blade design is completely different and so they're not going to hit the same spot where these are basically they're the same design just interchangeable which creates a fixed and mechanical broadhead that hit the same spot and, I, and that's important to me i carry both um i'm a mechanical guy but i have had opportunities where i knew i was going to have to shoot through brush and shooting a mechanical through brush is bad. 
it is not good. Don't do it because they catch things. Um, and then you get more deflection. Um, uh, you can squeeze a fix through some brush and that's, that's why I carry a fixed is, you know, if, if uh, I need to shoot it, you know, as the first shot, or if I, you know, didn't make a great shot and an animal's bedded because they're always going to try to bed in brush or trees or something like that. And I need to get another arrow in it. Then um, that's why I carry bow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And they hit the same spot. So yeah, yep. I don't have to worry about <clears throat> it. And with the glue ends too. So like if you're worried about practicing with your mechanicals, you can just use the fixed head yeah, as you're you in practice and then get that set up and they'll fly. They'll fly very similar, if not the same. Um, and, and that's, that's by design. And so I really like that again, this is, uh, so let's, I guess, transition back to the glue in system. Okay. So, um, and I, I asked you about this because again, I'm, I'm, a kind of that overbuilt trying to make sure there's no failure points kind of guy. So I was asking mm-hmm. about the, the aluminum collars versus the steel. Right. Um, and you explained to me, you know, and I guess let, let's, let's talk to people, but actually, you know, what? I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's start here from the, from the front. So this is the fix. This is the mechanical glue in and then the field point. Okay. We'll grab the field point. So they all weigh the same. And I guess we can they'll start the same. Oh, within weight. a couple grains. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So um, there is the 150 and the 175. Correct. There's, correct. Correct. Okay. With a 10 grain collar or a 30 grain collar. Right. So you can mix and match those however you want. The uh, 10 grain collar is this one right here. Yep. Which is the, the aluminum. aluminum. Yep. And then the 30 grain collar is the steel one that you were showing. Correct. So you can do 180 grains up front, 185, which is what I have here. Yep. And then that's the do, system I shoot. The yep. 185. And you can do 20 grains more than that. So you can do 205. Correct. If you want. You can do down to 160. Yep. Exactly. Which 160, and, and a lot of people think about that. You know, oh, in one sixty, it's so heavy. Well, if you shoot a regular victory vap or most other one sixty six arrows, you're shooting a fifty grain outsert. Mm-hmm. And then so if head. you shoot a fifty grain outsert with a hundred grain broadhead, you're shooting one hundred and fifty grains. Ten grains is not going to make a difference. It's not going to break down your arrow anymore, and you're going to get a lot stronger system out of it. Exactly. So you have to think in, in archery shops have, are, are notorious for this because that's all they've known forever is, you know, what do you shoot? hundred grand, 125s. Okay. And, and those were the two options, even 85s, which nobody should ever shoot an 85 grand broad. And we'll get into a whole different discussion with that. Those are just but, field points. I use those yeah, for my yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and guys say, you know, and, and I deal with this and I talk to you about this at, at the shows. You know, uh, people came up to us that we did um, Hunt Expo last year for the first time. And they came up to us and they said, you know, I shoot 100 grain broadhead and I cannot get my arrows to fly past 40 yards. It's like, okay, tell me about your setup. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, archery shop set it up and this is what I got going. And I'm like, okay, great. Um, He's shooting FMJs, full size 244 arrows um, with 100 grain broadhead. And I said, well, the first thing is you have no front of center, zero. I mean, it, it was low. It's probably 6%. Um, because the arrow weighs so much. FMJs are super heavy. Super strong arrow. Don't get me wrong. But they're super heavy. And then he had, you know, a 15-grain aluminum insert put in the there with a 100-grain broadhead. So I said... Tell you what, it was the first day of the show. I said, tell you what, I will give you 125 grain broadhead that I have here. I said, and you can go home and shoot it, and I will guarantee you it will fly better. And he's like, why? And I said, because it's going to give you some front of center. Now, I believe, and we're building arrows now, and you can check that out on the website, but I believe your broad, your arrow should be 145 to 18% front of center. Anywhere in there. If you have less than that, you're going to lose some things, maybe gain some things in speed. Over that, you're going to lose some things, maybe, you know, gain some things in weight. So there's gives and takes, but this is kind of the happy medium. And what, how I've tested this, and people say, oh, front of center, it's, it's a gimmick or whatever it is. It's not. I mean, 
missiles are based on when they fly a missile, it's based on how much front of center they have. Um, it's not a joke. Uh, at a hundred yards, I shot two arrows, two different arrows, um, over and over, not just one time, but both arrows were, one was 442 grains and one was 443 grains. Okay. Um, one was 18% front of center and one was 10% front of center. And, um, in that, the one that was 18% front of center at a hundred yards stayed in shot eight inches higher than the other arrow. And what it did is that front of center kept it going and kept it in the air longer because it was more efficient. The veins didn't take over the arrow. So basically that's how I started playing with front of center and, and where we're at now. I think I lost your video. Was. No, you're good. Sorry. My oh, okay. camera was acting up, but no. Yeah. So that's, um, that's interesting <clears throat> to know about missiles. I didn't realize that. So playing with front of center, I'm trying to think of the, I haven't really ever measured it. I just go off of kind of point weight. Right. And, um, that is something too, like, like you were saying, going 10 grains more, isn't really going to break down the spine. So for people thinking, you know, about that, or maybe just getting into archery, um, you know, going from like a 350 to a 300, 10 grains isn't going to be a, a ton, but, you know, up in it 20 to 30 grains more, you may have to drop a spine uh, to Correct. make it stick. Correct. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and your spine weight, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you and I talked about victory's arrows. So a mm -hmm. VAP TKO versus a regular victory VAP. Um, a reg regular, regular victory VAP, uh, it's hard to say, um, a 300 spine and a 350 spine TKO weigh the same. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about, you know, what your front of center is, it does have to do with your grains per inch of your arrow. Um, back to the full metal jackets. I, I believe they're almost 12 and a half grains per inch in a 244. Wow. Um, where, you know, a victory VAP's nine grains an inch. Um, so you end up getting you can play with your weight up front. The heavier arrow you shoot, if you're trying to maintain a front of center, your overall arrow weight's going to go up because your arrow weighs more. So, and to get your overall front of center up, then you have to add more weight. So it's something that you should look at and play with, but we have found 14 and a half, 18% right in there is usually really, really good. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I, I, I could figure it out, I guess, to measure it, but I'm sure I'm somewhere in there. Um, but with your and, arrows, I, I, I'm going to say you're right at 16 and a half percent because I know you're arrow built. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And for those wondering, I mean, the ones that I'm building. So this was a, a big deal for me. I, I went away from, so I shot four millimeters. Uh, I like the arrow setup. I don't like the components unless it's a glue in style system. And the only ones that really make that are uh what iron will with the snyder core system mm -hmm. uh valkyrie and then now you um the other two systems we'll just say valkyrie is super heavy um it's a lot of i mean even at the lowest weight available for their full system is like 200 grains up front that's their right. lowest it starts there <laughs> right it, it starts there. there yeah exactly so that that's a that for some people that's a lot to swallow um, I know for me, I had to jump up a spine going to that. Um, I like, I like the system for the durability factor of mm -hmm. that center pin, et cetera, the glue in style, um, without it being a full glue in so that, but, uh, it's just heavy. And then the iron wheel, I haven't messed around with it. I know it's, it's very pricey, um, for what it is, but I know I trust Bill. He's a good guy. I know mm -hmm. he makes a good system, but, um, it doesn't allow for anything other than like the two blade broadheads, which if you're sold on that, awesome. Um, I am, I'm not so much because of, I, I want, I know it does damage on the inside, but I also want to be able to track the animal in case I do have like the shot that I had on my bull, a two blade broadhead would not have done the damage. And I would not have felt comfortable making the shot that I made with the mechanical with a, with a two blade. 
I just right. wouldn't have felt comfortable doing that. And so who knows? I may not have gotten a bull because of that. Um, because there was no way for me to get closer to him. And right. Was not you, a may, you probably, you wouldn't have taken the shot based exactly. on what you had. Right. Exactly. You may not have because, gotten another opportunity. Right. And something that some people may not even realize, and it kind of hit me the other day. I can't remember who I was listening to talk about this. And I, I think I brought it up to you when we were on the phone the other day, but if you have, so like you've got the layer of skin here and then you have the muscles here, they're attached, but they're, they're not, it's not like a fixed system that they move together. The skin yes. can move separately from the muscle. It's not like it moves way off, but it'll move separately. So if you cut a two blade hole in that, and then the muscle decides to move this way, what happens? You don't get the blood trail. It's still doing damage on the inside, right? But you're not right. getting the blood trail that you can track the animal if you need to, which most of the time you do have to track at a certain distance. And so that is, that's a big reason why I'm not the biggest fan of a two blade for me personally. Again, some people that may work wonders, but for me, that's what's really sold me on, on your gluing system and why I'm going to run, uh, why I'm going to run four millimeters again is because I love the componentry. Um, I love, I don't know how far down the shaft it actually goes. Do you have one outside of the shaft that you could, uh, you could yeah, yeah. The, the, the 175 goes, uh, I believe it's an inch and three quarters and the 150 okay. is a little under inch and a half. Okay. So that goes probably to about here or so. Yeah. Yep. So that, then, that collar is about five eighths of an inch. Okay. Yeah. So about there is where the center pin is, which that's reinforcing mm -hmm. the shaft, which mm -hmm. a four millimeter shaft, especially like a 350 or 300 um, spine is going to have a thick wall to begin with. So mm -hmm. it's pretty durable arrow. Um, plus you've got the center pin that goes down that way and that's reinforcing the arrow. And then you've got the collar, which this is usually the weak point. So I guess talk to us about that and walk us through why you're okay with aluminum here where yes. right now a lot of people are preaching steel or titanium for collars and, and nothing. Well, else. and I think, I think what happens is when you talk about, we'll do this, we'll do it this way. So when you talk about a screw-in broadhead versus a glue-in, okay, so a collar is going to go down a certain amount. So we'll, we'll play with this. Unless we'll just stop this at the end of the arrow. Okay, so let's say the victory collar. So it slides on about a half an inch, so it will slide down. But the collar sticks out about this far. Okay, so when you screw in a broadhead, that broadhead is stopping where the shaft is. Okay, so you have a pivot point of right at the end of the shaft and the end of the broadhead. Okay, it can bend right there because there's nothing there. There's no structure there other than the aluminum collar, and that's where aluminum collars bend. Right. You know, which when they try to do deep six, they put an like a hit insert, and they slit it inside the broadhead like this, or inside the the arrow. But then they made this part weak, your shank, because they made it so small it had to fit inside here. It had to be one sixty six. Okay, which means they had to go to a smaller thread. Okay, so then you had that same weak point pivot point. Okay, and you also had it inside the arrow. Mm -hmm. So the the broadhead or the arrow itself is not meant to take lateral pressure. Okay, so now let's apply this with a glue in. So now you're taking glue in and you're sliding it that far into your arrow. Okay, so where's your pivot point? Is it here or is it here? Hmm. Well, if it's oh, here, okay. now you have this much structure of arrow in front of it. Now, if we take this and we slide that on and we slide that in, this is no longer a pivot point either because it has structure here. This isn't going to bend it's hardened steel and the other pivot point is back here okay so it takes your pivot points out of it it makes everything spin cleanly because arrows are built from the inside out they're built on mandrels so they're really long things 
steel pieces that are 166 and they wrap the carbon around it and that's how they're built. So the outside diameter changes based on how much carbon and what kind of carbon they use. So that's why we have a whole pile of different colors up here because every manufacturer has a different size or a different style or a different wrap or a different carbon, high modular carbon, low modular carbon, you know, high modular carbon gold tip is, you know, is known for that high modular carbon that they use, but it's a thinner wall broad or arrow because it's a higher modular carbon. Makes it more um, brittle. It, it, they can be more brittle, super straight, really strong on impact. So those are the things you have to do. Uh, people ask about our colors. Um, they're all sized. Um, like, let's say, like this arrow, this is a 235 Bab So its actual OD is, is 252. This collar is 254. So that's 235? This is a two, 235. Ooh, that's a that's a heavy arrow. It's a thick arrow. Yeah, it just happens to be in the office, so that's yeah. Why. Well, they, um, and they just came out with a one like a one seventy. I don't know. Have what you seen they came that? Out. Yeah, no, I'm I haven't like, seen that one yet. Oh my gosh, when yeah. I saw that, but I that was has like, to do with the eighty pound bow. Well, that has to do yeah, with that and bump. the people like freaking Derek Wolf that have a thirty six inch draw length, right? Whatever, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you can use the collars anywhere up to four four decimal points higher so if mm. at 252 if we made a 256 you could use that color because a human hair is two thousand thick your red hair may be three thousand thick yeah but <laughs> so <laughs> i think it's thinner because there's no soul to it oh is that, what it is? is that what it is no color pigment um, yeah so yeah you can go you know you but you don't want it to be exact because you end up having to sand the shaft and do that stuff. So you always go the next size up. Mm. And in all the arrows that are made, we tried to cover almost everybody's. There's a few that we're kind of lacking on. Um, but uh, especially in the smaller spines, the 400, 500 spine arrows. Um, but yeah, that that's how the system works. That's why it works. Um, you're taking all the pivot points out of them. And that's that's what makes them so strong. Yeah, and so for people that are are concerned about it, you know, it's it's uh, with that explanation, it made me comfortable with putting aluminum here because I, I I'm not gonna lie, I was a little concerned. I was like, ah, like I trust you, Dale, but like my brain is saying that there <laughs> shouldn't be any aluminum on my arrow. Right, right, yeah, but, yeah, uh, and that structure because you're the only thing that would do anything to this aluminum that's on an impact, then it would blow it up and it and Trust me, I shot it in a block wall. It won't blow, but it won't yeah. blow it apart. No, and there's nowhere sense. for it to bend because there's a shaft and an arrow shaft mm. in it. So there's there's no place for it to structurally bend. So it's more if you have like half certs or out certs, that's where aluminum is. That's, that that's kinda, where you start to get the bending. Yes, it's when you get like pivot with, points inside of them. Yeah, it's kind of like with my idea of like I don't want aluminum on a on the uh, ferrule, correct? Right. That's that's, that's more of a spot that yeah. could possibly yeah. Gotcha. That could be your deal. No, oh, that makes sense. Cool. Um, I guess a question that I've I've been asked, and I I guess I'll ask you for the person that that asked me, and I kind of had this thought too. I know green is your color. Mm-hmm. Are there any other? Because I know you can't just leave, leave raw aluminum, right, to make it silver like you do with the stainless. But do you have any other color ideas um, coming out, or are we sticking with green because that's the evolution? We're sticking with green for now. Um, we, uh, <laughs> I know Nick hates me for it because it's one of the hardest colors to anodize, um, <laughs> and so black would be way easier um, yeah. for sure. Um, but we we might do some colors in black. Um, just, just because, but, um, I, I, green, I think is what we're going to stick with. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It stands out yep. and it gets people asking, you know, what is that? Cause you know, there are other colors, um, in different colors. And so that, no, but I, I love it. It's uh, yeah. it's a solid system and this is what I'm going to be running with my four millimeters. It, it, um, I need to find a lighted knock now that I can trust for four millimeter shaft, but that's going to be, that's the other component that's lacking. 
for yes, four millimeter arrows. Um, I understand it's hard to make, but I won't lie. It's cool to watch a video with a light. May not be that far away. Yeah. Just so. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So like, I love the halo knocks. I love the halo knocks. Um, and uh, that, that's what I use right now currently for my five millimeter arrows. Oh, that yeah. I run lighted yeah. knocks on. Um, but I just haven't. Yeah. I haven't found a, a lighted knock that, that works for four millimeters. So um, you've, you've intrigued me now. So stand so we'll by. To... <laughs> stand by, he says. You, you, it's like you know somebody that makes I knocks. know a guy. <laughs> I, I know a guy. I think I know this, this guy too. He's, yeah, he's a pretty cool you, dude. You might. You might. Yeah. Uh, no, that's cool. Is there anything else on these uh, on this system that you want to maybe highlight or, or bring up for people um, while we're on the subject? No, I mean, uh, it, we're just trying to make, we're just trying to make the best system that can help people. I mean, that, that's all it is. I mean, our customer service, I believe is second to none. Um, we are, you know, um, a direct to consumer based company, but we are not opposed to going into archery shops. We've had a lot of archery shops as we're growing, um, ask and and we do offer good margins for them so if they're interested or your archery shop's interested and and um we're, we're not opposed to that um and uh no other than that uh we've just been we've been growing and thanks to guys like you and and everybody else that, that's been shooting them uh, my my biggest thing is we i never say we have we don't have a retention problem because once you shoot them you really most people really like them we have an eyeball problem and the more people that know about us and give us an opportunity, um, I think you'll be happy with what you do. Exactly. No, I agree. It's, uh, it's one of those things that kind of gets rid of the, the idea that, you know, mechanicals have those problems with failures. Um, it, it definitely boosted my confidence in it and taking, like I said, that shot, I mean, for, it was a very steep downhills, probably, I don't know, 25, 30 degrees downhill on a bedded bull at 70 yards. I think line of sight, when I was looking at it, line of sight distance was over 80. So okay. the, cut was, the yeah. cut was pretty steep. Um, yeah. And it was, but it was, uh, it was a great shot. Like I said, bull didn't run 30 and, and it went clean through and buried into the dirt behind him. So uh, that was, that was a testament for me. Um, if there were any doubts before that, uh, they were gone. So um I highly recommend this for people. I'm going to leave a link down below where you guys can check out these broadheads uh, and the system. The gluing system is fairly new. Um, I'm going to be, like I said, running it. It's going to build my confidence back up in the four millimeter arrows because <laughs> I love those arrows. I um, just didn't like the components, and uh, and now I do. So <laughs> cool. No, it's glad to have you on board. Yeah. It's uh, it's been a fun ride, and it's it's just going to get better. Oh, really. Sure. Well, cool. Well, Dale, um, where can they find you? And I'll leave those links down below where, where they can find you and reach out to you with any questions. They can find us at, at uh, evolutionoutdoors.com. It's with an S, outdoors. Um, and then The Evolution Outdoors uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. And um, sign up um, for our you know emails because we do some stuff for subscribers that we don't offer to anybody else. And um, so, yeah, there you go. Well, if you guys are looking for a new broadhead or even if you're not, I recommend going and picking up a couple of them and, and messing around with them this year, whether it be the screw ins or if you're, you're brave enough to uh, start messing around <laughs> with the glue in systems and uh, yeah. get confident with that, then I, I definitely recommend that as well. Dale, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and guys, like I always say, get out, Live your life and love it. Absolutely.